Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we continue to reflect into the richness of the gospel text. And we will also take up this evening the second reading that comes to us from James. So I will do this with Debbie Rosales. Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's great to be here. So, Debbie, we are in the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and the readings for us this evening really provide for us an opportunity to engage some very important relational issues, Mm -hmm. I I think. You know, from one week to the next, we might be talking the stuff of apologetics or evangelization or catechesis or spirituality, and I would certainly say um, this evening we will be talking the stuff of relationship and spirituality and how the interior life really helps form and inform our um, interactions with one another, our encounters with one another. Because if we remove the spiritual life from our encounters with one another, well, what we have is the absence of any real encounter, right? Because we are sharing in the ministry of Jesus Christ and the gift that he gives to us in the Holy Spirit. And this is our joy. With that, Debbie, if you can get us going with uh, the gospel text. We're reading from Mark chapter 7, 31 through 37. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said, Ephatha. That is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all these things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Amen. You know, Debbie, my first reading of that text, there were, I guess, two or three things that really stood out to me, but I couldn't get past the be opened. The Holy Spirit put it on my heart to really sink in to that passage, into that moment of the narrative. Mm. What do I mean? I suppose, Debbie, it would be very easy for us to read the gospel text and to not think about uh, what it means to not see or not hear. But that's where God says, stop. Let's think about this. I mean, what would it mean for a man to see for the first time or to hear for the first time? I mean, to hear what a violin sounds like, to uh, hear the, the, the crashing of waves up upon a rock, to hear a bird song, to hear something for the first time, the inflection and the tone of a friend or to see the violin, to see the water and the rock, to see an oriole, to see the person you are talking to for the first time. Be opened. Mm. You know, what does that mean for that person? Now for him, he sees earth in light of heaven. He sees time in light of eternity. He sees vocation, Debbie, in light of destiny, Mm. right? Why? Because he can now see and hear. 
And certainly we can speak to this encounter between this man here in the gospel and Jesus Christ and say, well, he is symbolic of so much more, and he is. But let us never forget that there was a time in history where Jesus Christ, and I love this, he spit and he was touching, very Mm -hmm. sacramental, very earthy, very physical. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is the stuff of the incarnation, right? That he actually healed someone. We We should never forget that. And yes, we will talk about the rich, rich spiritual symbolism, but to emphasize the real literal historical sense of this event is so important because it is to appreciate why he came. Mm. It is to appreciate why he came. I'm going to share a little story. I have a niece that is profoundly deaf. Mm. We found this out when she was quite young. And when she was about five years old, she had her first cochlear implant. She has since had a bilateral cochlear implant. But I can tell you, when she heard for the very first time, everything was noisy to her. She Mm. kind of covered her ears because she had been deaf for so long. Yet, with this came oral language. And I remember when she told my brother and his wife that she loved them for the first time. Mm. Relationship developed Mm. in a way with their eldest daughter for the first time. Mm. She's a swimmer. And I remember the first time that she had her new implants that were water resistant and she could wear them as she was swimming. As she got out of the pool, I was there and she said, Auntie Debbie, Mm. I can hear the bubbles. Mm. Mm. And we both started to cry. Mm. The relationship that has been able to develop with this beautiful soul Mm. that was in there this whole time is she's just bursting to share. Mm. And it just reminded me of this young man It was just this bursting of relationship. She Mm -hmm. wanted relationship. She wanted to talk. She could hear. It was Mm. the most beautiful thing. And I thought of her the moment I read this reading. Yeah, that is beautiful. Relationship with one another, yes. But how about relationship with God, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And now she can hear. Holy new. Yeah. She she can hear. She can praise God. She can hear the music. She can hear Mass. What a yes. incredible blessing. You say music and creation itself, I'm sure, is singing to her. Yes. I mean, certainly we don't... The bubbles yeah, yeah. in the pool. Yeah. Who, who, pays, if, yeah. who pays attention to bubbles? Exactly. Right? Yet, this is also something to be gained from this reading, to appreciate the minutia yes. of all of those little things, mm-hmm. Debbie, that we so often don't think about. Take for granted. You know, I, mm-hmm. you mentioned bubbles and our screensaver pops up and it's a bunch of bubbles, Right. Our one-and-a-half-year-old always starts running up and down the hall, bubbles, bubbles, when she sees them. And on occasion, I have been made to pause myself and just marvel in what she notices. Yeah. Because in many ways, a lot of what she notices is not always what I notice. Yeah. And God says, uh, notice, pay uh-huh. attention. Pay attention, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take stock. And um, exactly. that's part of, you know, the whole earth in light of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, because it's creation in light of creator. Mm-hmm. Right, He created so as to father and ultimately to be able to enter into that more deeply is why your niece, I'm sure, is, is oh. singing praises and why this man who is healed is singing praises. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't keep it in. Yeah. I love that part of this reading. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, don't tell anybody. And when we really encounter Christ, when we really encounter Christ, we can't hold the joy in. No, we can't. We yeah. can't. And these folks are are saying, I can't believe what has just happened in our 
in our sight. Mm-hmm. Astonished. What is ha- astonished? They yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, and, and that it, is how relationship is. That's right. It? You know, Fulton Sheen once said, "You know, you've truly encountered Jesus Christ when you don't turn back." Mm-hmm. And the image he propped up for us, well, was any relationship. When you fall in love, when you fall in love, you have that singular laser-like focus on that person. Right. And there's nothing that can divert you <laughs> from them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are focused. Right. Some, sometimes it has you stumbling a little bit, right? Yeah. Fulton Sheen says, similarly, but even more, when Jesus Christ, the fullness of truth and purity, has touched your heart, nothing is ever going to be the same again. Amen. Will you fall? Sure, you'll fall. Mm-hmm. But life is about falling because it is in getting up that we truly understand what it means to be a saint. That being said, Debbie, I want to turn our attention to this uh, hearing and seeing a little more and put it in the context of the objective and subjective. Because properly speaking, sight, what is objective, deals with things, while hearing deals with human beings. You know, sight has to do with the stuff of science and, and observation, again, objectivity. Hearing has to do with personal relationships, with subjectivity. And this very much speaks to what you were just talking about, especially as it relates to your niece. You know, when I use my eyes to look at people or things, I am in complete control of the information that comes to me. But the ear is unlike the eye. I cannot shut my ear. Huh? We learn about other people by hearing and listening to what they have to say, right? Because language itself reveals the inside of another person, something sight can never do, huh? This is the importance of this subjective piece of listening. So if we want to learn about God, what do we need to do? Well, we need to listen to the Word of God. We need to listen to the Word of God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. What does Romans 10 verses 14 and following speak to? That faith itself comes by seeing, no, hearing, huh? So this seeing and listening piece is is very important as we begin to think more deeply about this principle of relationship. Father Barron has kind of a a beautiful little reflection. I'm not going to get into it a whole bunch, but he he talks about how this reading is an icon for evangelization. Um, That the inhabitants of the Decapolis were unfamiliar with the Word of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was outside of Israel. So when we are not familiar with something, we cannot articulate it. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard it. They weren't at the temple. They weren't hearing the word of God. And sometimes those of us who hear the word of God are still deaf to it. Mm. And you hear in the scripture say, how will I know? It reminds me of the eunuch. How will I know what this says unless someone explains it to me? Yes. It's one of the very few times that he physically does touch to open. Mm-hmm. Very often he just says, you know, be gone, do, mm-hmm. you know. He still, he, he just uses his words. It's very interesting that he physically touches this man mm-hmm. and immediately he's opened. If you've ever come across someone who has done that for you for a, a particular part of scripture, you're suddenly, it's your eyes are opened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. ears are suddenly opened. Yes. Your heart is open and you want to share that. Yep. So yep. it's this whole evangelization that's happening in this reading. Again, the kind of the subjective with the objective. Yeah, yeah, and it also speaks to the importance of enthusiasm because this is really what's going on here. You have an encounter with Jesus Christ, and out from that encounter, there's this newfound enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. and that is what you cannot contain. 
I often share the story about uh, my oldest son. I couldn't get him to understand the game of baseball. So it was at my wife's suggestion that we go to an A's game. And, you know, we went to the A's game, and I just saw him take in and experience the game as a whole. And what I wanted him to understand and appreciate as a five-year-old about the game of baseball just walking into the stadium oh, did, yes. right? Uh-huh. Because he had a personal encounter and he could not contain himself. And it didn't take but 30 minutes, 45 minutes that he was now asking me questions mm-hmm. about the game of baseball I was trying to show him weeks before. What's more, Debbie, he went home and the next day he had all of his buddies wanting to go to Oakland Coliseum. And there's not a whole lot to see at Oakland Coliseum, right? This isn't where the Giants play. I mean, this mm-hmm. is one of the older parks. But nonetheless, he encountered the purity of the game of baseball. I dare say the game of baseball evangelized him. Yeah. And he could not contain himself. He was bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. And so when we encounter Jesus Christ, what we find is just not a fulfillment of what our heart has been longing for, but at the same time, this need to share this Mm -hmm. because the news is just that good. And like my five-year-old son then who in his own way wants to talk about the game of baseball in his own little pure, innocent heart, I was made to see then, yeah, he encountered something that was beautiful Mm -hmm. and he wanted to share it. That is, again, the same with Jesus Christ. He was bursting at the seams. Right. Mm -hmm. And so should we, when we encounter Jesus Christ, be bursting at the seams. The word enthusiasm comes from the Greek entheos, which literally means to bear God within. Mm. So when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are what? We are bearing God Mm. within. God has filled us with his very life and his very love. And what's going to happen? Well, love is Mm other-centered. It's constantly seeking to pour itself out, to give itself away. And when we share in that, well, this is what's happening in the gospel. Absolutely. And this is something we need to be present to. And it kind of goes back to what Fulton Sheen, what we were speaking to earlier with Fulton Sheen. When you have that encounter and it's real, your life will never be the same. And for that reason, you're going to want to tell people about it. Right. You can't keep it in. No. No, you can't. You can try to. Mm-hmm. But then... That, that feels... No, it, awkward. Uh-huh. Yeah, awkward, it right? Does. It does. Um, there was another verse, Debbie, that stood out to you I want to touch upon a little bit mm-hmm. um, that could, again, be easily overlooked. The verse was, he took him off by himself away from the crowd. Mm. Yeah, he took him off by himself away from the crowd. You know, I'm reminded of uh, Elijah, Mm -hmm. you know, when he was very melancholy, was down, you know, God promised him divine protection. And, you know, Jezebel was, was at his doorstep threatening to take his life. And this was after God had come through for him right on Mount Carmel. And he was just down in the dumps. And yet it was then, as God reminded him, that he was closest to him. Because it was then that he realized that all he had wasn't the bells and whistles of the the fire and all the rest, but God alone. Mm -hmm. God alone, right? And in that one verse, what we're reminded of is the importance of going to God when no one's looking. Going to God when no one's paying attention. Going to God when we need to go to God right? Mm -hmm. Last week, our readings were all about the external versus the internal. We asked that question, why do we do what we do? What is our motive? What operates our motives? The motus operandi, right? Well, something similar is going on here. He pulls him off to the side 
and he ministers to him in this profound way where no one sees. And this is where Jesus meets us in that still quiet voice. And that is when he works his most profound work, is it not? Yes. We live in a world where we seek the paparazzi, Debbie. We live mm. in a world where it's all about me, myself, and I. We live in a world where we want the limelight. Mm. And so this is very hard for people, yet this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm. Why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Why do you do what you do? Do you want to get into that second reading? Please do, it's, yes. It sure yes, fits it does. here. It does. So our second reading for Sunday is from James chapter 2, 1 through 5. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Sit here, please, while you say to the poor one, Stand there, or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Amen. No partiality. Mm-hmm. You're right, Debbie. This is exactly what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. right? The, the Greek there for no uh, partiality is uh, prosopolepsia. It translates as no partiality, no favoritism, Mm -hmm. Um, but the better translation is respect for persons, Ah. respect for persons, right? And so what's the message here? Well, James just spoke to it. (laughs) Don't spend so much time paying attention to all of the dressed up people over here. Mm -hmm. See the people on the margins, okay? And not only that, have a deeper sense of their dignity, one of the overarching precepts of the church is the dignity of the human person. Right. Boy, Debbie, something that we have just lost today, mm-hmm. the dignity of the human person from natural conception to natural death and everywhere in between, mm-hmm. especially those who are on the margins, those who are unlo- unloved, those who live in isolation. We need to go there. Yeah. Today, there's a tendency to not only focus on uh, the bells and whistles over here, but also the prestige that it might bring us, sure. right? The, 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 the popularity piece. Mm-hmm. What we must remember is, in so far and so long as you are a Christian or a Catholic, you are never going to win a popularity contest. Nope. So don't, don't even waste your <laughs> yeah, time. Don't try. <laughs> yeah, don't even waste your time. That's the funny thing about Pope Francis. Everyone wants him to be the most popular person ever because they need him to be. But in reality, he doesn't really care about that. Nope. And when they get to know him for who he is, they are disappointed because they've built up this expectation. Pope Francis is not going to acquiesce mm. to what you think you need aside of the fact that you need to be loved. He'll pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. He's concerned with going to the margins. He's not concerned. In fact, he's very critical of the person who's dressing himself or herself up over here. Very critical of it. And why? Because he's embracing this this reading. Show no partiality. This, in many ways, can be a motto for Pope Francis, I think. Yeah. In in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So to the prestige... I'm taken by this because I think we encounter this in our everyday, and we, we want to be around certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about this now, Debbie, because I got a call about four or five days ago, 
and I was a half hour into the phone conversation. It was a gal from outside the state, and she was preoccupied with uh, a famous person and that she was going to be in the presence of this famous person. Okay, that's great. That's fine. But does that make you a better person? Right? At one point, I asked the question, so ha ha ha, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm kind of serious, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it actually led to a great discussion because in the end, yeah, um, hopefully this person over here, a LeBron James type, mm -hmm. he has a great pulpit and hopefully he uses it for good things. And I know, you know, he does in some cases, but does that mean we have to be around him all the time? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Or impress him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's not be concerned with that, mm -hmm. but let us focus on what really matters. You know, I was reading some numbers earlier this afternoon, Debbie, and uh, I think I wrote them down somewhere here. Uh, yeah, an estimated 86 to 88% of the world lives in underdeveloped regions in the world. And in most cases, approximately 70% live in what Mother Teresa would define as ravaged areas. Wow. Think about that. As it concerns water, which we are all paying close attention mm. to, 12% of the world's population uses 85% of its water, and none of the 12% live in those developed countries. Uh -huh. Think about that. So when Pope Francis is talking about this, and remember, Pope Francis comes from the poorest place in the world. That's a fact. Mm. The region he came from, per capita, right? It is the poorest place in the world. He wants us to be present to this. This is why he is so convicted in his message of showing no partiality. We use such phrases, Debbie, as third world countries. Mm -hmm. Think about what we just said, third world countries. Mm -hmm. I know for many of us, we use that phrase. We don't think twice about it. We speak to it to talk about underdeveloped regions, mm -hmm. right? Well, to say it is to say something. Mm -hmm. Third, mm -hmm. not second, mm -hmm. not first, but third. That means less than, mm. right? Bottom of the barrel. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so Benedict XVI, not Pope Francis, interestingly enough for our, all of our listeners out there, mm -hmm. said, let's stop using that phrase third world country because whether we realize it or not, it's very demeaning mm -hmm. because they rank number one in the eyes of God, as yes. we all do. And if we start thinking more critically about this, we'll begin to appreciate the importance of just not this showing no partiality, which means dying to self, mm -hmm. opening ourselves, opening, right? Be open, opening ourselves up to God and how God wants to use us to be present to those on the margins. That's what lies at the heart of our faith. What is the spiritual symbolism of this gospel? Debbie, it is that God has given us the grace to now open our eyes anew, to see that this church, this new covenant, this new dispensation of grace is a new way. And it's only new to the extent that we allow it to be new. It's only new to the extent that we touch people who are new, right? He was feeling, touching, spitting because he wants to incarnate love. And this is what we share in. I'm struck by um, that phrase. I think there was a song about this, but the phrase would, would Jesus be welcome in your church? Mm. Mm. You know, he's a little hippie guy. Walked around barefoot, well, sandals. He was dirty. Um, I don't think he had washers and dryers. And nope. He nope. walked a lot, didn't and it was didn't, hot. Didn't have deodorant. Didn't he have deodorant? <laughs> yeah. Would Jesus be welcome in your church? And it speaks to this, because true love shows no partiality, right? Yep. We Amen. should be seeing Jesus Christ Amen. in the one with fine clothes and in the one who begs on the street. 
Yeah. Christ is present there in image and likeness in both. Yeah. Our own little filter gets in the way sometimes. It does, Debbie, and and that's an important point, and certainly we don't want to demean that point at all, because the person over here who has dressed themselves up and they're they're seeking the paparazzi, usually that speaks to a brokenness. Absolutely. And quite frankly, they might be, and it's not for us to judge, we will never know, and it's neither here or there, but they might be farther away from God than this person sure. over here, right? Absolutely. And it really is important to highlight what you just spoke to there, because, again, to show no partiality is to not even, you know, parcel out the person who is seeking the, the, the paparazzi and maybe, maybe even go there in a paradoxical way mm-hmm. um, in not, not for those selfish reasons, but for those reasons that you just spoke to, love. Right. Love. And, you know, here in Chico, California, I don't know if it was with you a few weeks ago, Debbie, or not, but we were talking about this. You know, the, the homeless rate in Chico has yeah. increased one number I saw recently was by over 200%. Yep, I and saw if that you, if as you, well. And if you lived here in Chico, you would know exactly what we're talking about. And do we see this as an obstacle? Do we see this as a burden? Or do we see this as an opportunity? Mm-hmm. To, to not only minister to them, but allow Christ who lives in them to minister back to us. This is what we miss out. When we show partiality, we not only fail in our vocation to love, by the grace of God go all of us, but we miss out on an opportunity to be ministered to. Absolutely. Right? And this, again, is something that when you reflect with the gospel, when you reflect with the second reading, Debbie, lies hidden within. And uh, certainly something for us to to think about. Mm. You know, Debbie, we we talk about a great number of things from one evening to the next. And as you join me from, you know, one Thursday to the next. And there are so many things about the Christian Catholic faith that, you know, can grab us, can pull us, can grip us. And what I want to encourage our listeners to do right now is just just really examine themselves, as I will do when I get home this evening, and say, what more can I do? Mm-hmm. What more can I do? And it doesn't have to be a lot of things. In fact, I encourage it to be one thing. What is, what is the one thing God wants me to do? And out from that and after that, what more can I do? To be constantly looking um, for those people who are on the margins. Yep. And if those people are uh, do belong to the paparazzi culture, then we continue to seek them out as well. But to really enter into the mystery of what God calls us into in our relationship with God and how he wants to use that as we minister to others. I don't know, Debbie, if you have uh, any closing thoughts. As we enter into this year of mercy, mm-hmm. that is... No coincidence, folks. Yeah, we're, what, three months out? Mm-hmm. And I know there was a big announcement by Pope Francis today as he put out his apostolic letter on the year of mercy. So I also encourage our listeners to read that, to really start preparing our hearts for mm-hmm. that um, and to really get into what that word mercy is all about. Okay, great. Very good, Debbie. Great program. Let us go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth. Heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.